Because I think it's really easy to find ourselves in this story. It's really easy to identify and associate with Peter and his struggle and sometimes to be left there. And so this morning, I want to invite us not to be left in the failure, but to receive the Lord's love and grace and healing and his redemption and restoration. And I want to do uh, this morning, I want to ask you or invite you to do something that I'm pretty confident we all wish that a preacher would ask us to do more often, and that is close your eyes. If you feel safe and secure to close your eyes, I want to invite you to do that. And if you fall asleep, that's totally cool. That's just, that's just fine this morning. Uh, this, is, this is a time just to know the love of God, to be still and receive his active, gracious presence in our lives. But as you uh, close your eyes, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you envision this story, to see and to step in and to experience this story in your God-captured imagination. And it begins with Peter warming himself at a fire. Peter's followed Jesus to the high priest's house, and he's warming himself by a fire in the high priest's courtyard when his master, when the Lord Jesus is being accused and condemned, Peter is trying to get comfortable. Why is it that Peter fails? I think as we begin to reflect on this, we miss it. We actually get this wrong. Peter doesn't fail because he's a coward. Peter doesn't fail because he doesn't have faith. Peter's following Jesus. Peter's pursuing Jesus, even when others are not. And following Jesus, pursuing Jesus in the midst of, of adversity and fear and anxiety is not the heart or the decision of a coward. And the tremendous thing about Peter is that his failure is a failure that happens because of his faith and his courage. Yes, Peter fails Jesus, but he fails in a situation that none of the other disciples even dare, dare to face. He fails because he refuses to do nothing. He fails because he's trying to do the right thing. He fails not because he's a coward, but because he's courageous. So why does Peter fail? And as we look at Peter and we see ourselves in him, what can we learn with Peter? How do we respond to the ways that we fall short First, two things. First, Peter fails because he is overconfident. He's overconfident. Earlier, Jesus tells the disciples that they're going to abandon him. But Peter says, not me. Maybe the others will deny you, but not me. And Jesus reiterates the warning, but Peter replies again, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Peter. I think the point is clear that if we indulge in overconfidence, 
if we think too highly of ourselves, if we put our trust in our strength, our talents, our personal characteristics and abilities, we're well on our way to denying Jesus. And so it leads to our question this morning. In what ways have we been trusting in our own understanding and leaning on our own strength rather than trusting in the Lord and depending on him? Second, Peter fails because he doesn't pray. I think if we were to pick someone who, in our opinion, didn't need to pray in this situation, it'd obviously be the Lord Jesus. And if we were to pick someone who needed to pray and pray a lot, it'd probably be Peter. And yet, Peter's been sleeping in the garden while the Lord's been pouring out his soul before the Father. Peter's warming himself by the fire trying to get comfortable why Jesus is depending on the Father and trusting in him in the midst of fear and anxiety. Jesus tells Peter to watch and pray, and yet Peter doesn't pray because he doesn't think it's necessary. Peter, the bold, faithful, courageous leader, disregards the importance of prayer. And again, I think the point is clear. If we try and figure things out on our own, if we isolate ourselves, if we attempt to fix things in our own strength and power, we too are well on our way to denying Jesus. Here's the question for us this morning. In what ways have we been trusting in our own understanding and leaning on our own strength rather than trusting in the Lord and leaning on him? Now, the best part of this story is that it doesn't end here. And the hope that we have in Jesus is the same hope that Peter experiences with Jesus. You remember earlier, Jesus tells Peter this is going to happen. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, that you will strengthen your brothers. And even then, Peter replies, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. But Jesus answers, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Three times you will deny that you know me. Who's been praying? Jesus. I often wonder, why the rooster crow? I mean, of all the ways that you could communicate your love and your hope to Peter, why the rooster? I'm not really sure, but I think it's because of when the rooster crows. The rooster crows at the beginning of the day. And for Peter, the rooster crows isn't just a signal that Jesus was right and he would deny his Lord, but that the Lord's goodness and mercy begins at a new day because the goodness and mercy of the Lord is renewed each and every day. And so here's Jesus. 
He's been praying for Peter all along. He knows Peter isn't perfect. He knows Peter's going to deny him. And yet Jesus is praying that as a result of denying him, Peter's going to become stronger because of the experience. Jesus is praying that Peter's denial is going to be used for the good, for his growth, for his Christ-likeness. Jesus loves Peter so much that he uses this, even his denial, as an opportunity to sift and blow away the chaff in Peter's heart. The things that would otherwise hold Peter back from the life that Jesus was dying and rising for him to experience. And Peter doesn't quite understand this until after the resurrection. When Jesus shows up on a beach near where Peter's gone back to fishing. And this time, Jesus builds a fire. And he invites Peter to come stand with him next to the fire. And by this fire, Jesus comforts Peter. They stand face to face. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame here in the presence of Jesus. There's just three questions. Three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And three times, Peter answers, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Three denials, three questions, three declarations of love. And Jesus restores Peter. And so it is for us as we seek to love and serve the Lord. It's not that we've never denied Jesus. We have. It's that when we do deny Jesus, he pursues us with grace. He restores us in love and he strengthens us with his spirit to continue trusting in him, leaning on him and living for him above all else. It's how we grow in awareness of our weakness and an even greater awareness of his strength. This is how we decrease that he might increase. What is the Lord saying to you? Where do you need to stand face to face with Jesus to receive his grace, to experience his love, to be strengthened in his spirit. Where is it that you're seeking restoration and redemption in your life, physically, emotionally, spiritually? The Lord is here and he loves you and he's eager to meet with you and to do greater things than you even know how to ask or imagine because of his spirit who's at work in our midst.